Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Today, despite the irony of the fact that the original interaction that we are having is on Facebook, we are talking about, I don't want to be on social media, so how do I advertise and promote my business to get clients? Whether that's because you don't want to deal with the business side of social media or you are just anti-social media in general, which many people are and there are many good reasons to do that. Basically, how do I market myself without using social media? Yeah, so let's talk through that. (laughs) And I think that just kind of from a high level starting point, uh, you don't have to be on social media. That is not a necessity. Uh, So the idea that if you don't have a social media presence, people will not work with you is absolutely false. My guess is no one listening to this, uh, I'll say, 99% of people listening to this have never checked out their plumber's Facebook page, right? Um, I might be the exception there because a lot of places I get recommendations are local Facebook groups, but, but yeah, there's a lot, your grocery store, like typically the first time you go to a grocery store, you're not checking their reviews on Facebook and you're just going, oh, I've been there before. They're closed. I couldn't even tell you grocery store that I go to if they have a Facebook. I'm sure they do. They're big enough. I don't care. Yeah. So you you don't absolutely need social media presence. Now, does that mean that a social media presence is a bad idea? No. No. (laughs) Right. So social media presence will help your business. Just like running ads in the Super Bowl would help your business. But just because something helps your business does not mean you're required to do it. (laughs) Right. There are a million and one things that could help your business. That doesn't mean they're the best thing. That doesn't mean it's the most, the best use of your time or your money. For most of us, I'm guessing spending millions of dollars running Super Bowl ads is not going to be the best use of our money. Yeah. So, so with regard to social media, um, you know, the, the answer is you don't have to, right? If you don't want to be on social media, you don't have to. And The question then becomes, and a lot of people will have an initial gut reaction to this of, well, if you're not on social media, how are you going to get clients, Mm -hmm. right? That's not a question of not being on social media is dumb. That's a legitimate question of, okay, Mm -hmm. if we're not on social media, what are the other channels that we can use to get clients? There are so many people out there who are I'll help you get more followers on Instagram or here's your Facebook ads strategy. So many marketing coaches are so focused on social media that it feels like, well, that's my only option. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. And the answer is it's not. Yeah. So let's talk about where you're going to go to get clients. Mm-hmm. And the, the first question we have to ask is, 
where, what, who, what clients do we have? What are we trying to go after? Who are your clients? Yeah. If you have a niche that is extraordinarily, so you are trying to do financial coaching for Instagram influencers, as an example, that's your niche. You probably need to be on Instagram in order to be legitimate to them. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, On the other hand, if you are looking at many other in, you know, groups of people, being on social media may not be that important, right? And it's not to say that it's unimportant. It's not to say that you shouldn't do it. It's just there are other ways to reach them. Probably the simplest way to reach them is if, especially if your niche is focused on a geographic community, is just figure out where those people hang out. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, going after, if your niche is, I help parents with children between the ages of five or one and eight, let's say, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, build better habits around parenting and money. Mm -hmm. That's that's your niche. Then PTAs, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You know, kindergarten meetings, you know, local, the ASO soccer association, right? Preschools, daycares. Yeah. All of those things are where that group of people are. So, so if you're at a park and you're just hanging out and you don't have kids, that's probably a little awkward. So maybe don't do that. It, well, it may or may not be. Maybe. So for example, for example, if you are going after, if we're talking about like the ASO association, which is going to be playing games at a park, right? you might have the opportunity to sponsor a booth Mm -hmm. at that event where you're at the event. Lots of parents in your niche are there at the event. You're officially there and you're not just hanging out, walking around the ASO game. You have an official booth that is sanctioned by the association. Right. And so it really becomes a, a perspective of, you know, who are we trying to reach? And where can I find a large concentration of those people? Mm-hmm. And when you, when you identify, oh, well, it would be uncomfortable to be there, just be there. Well, don't just be there. Find right. out if you can exactly. sponsor and be officially there. Yep. The, another thing that you can do is Google ads, mm-hmm. right? Google AdWords can help you to target very, very effectively the AdWords aren't going to be sent, the ads aren't going to be sent to a social media page. They're not going to be sent to your Instagram feed. When you click on Google ads, you have probably never or almost never been sent to anywhere other than a website. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true. Right. So that completely bypasses social media and puts you into uh, the that realm of, I don't need a social media because I have this Google feed. It gives you the digital presence without having to do the social media presence, the content creation, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that becomes a big, a big component of, uh, can become a big component of your, of your strategy. So the question becomes, you know, instead of saying I have to have these social media presences because I've been told I have to have them, right? The question should become, if I didn't have these social media presences, 
what would I replace the supposed benefits? Mm-hmm. I say supposed because not all the benefits that are touted are real, <laughs> right? But what would I play, replace those supposed benefits with, right? Well, I need people to be able to find my business, right? And social media would allow me to do that. Okay. That's very much a supposed benefit, but let's assume that that's a benefit. Great. Finding your business through Google AdWords, that checks that box. You've done that. So you can move on, right? You could also, if you're, if the resistance against social media is the content creation, oh my gosh, I have to post 16 times a day and how, or do I only post once a day? Ah, If it's that, you can make a social media page so that people can find it there and just point it to a website. Mm -hmm. And then it's not the maintenance side. It's the, okay, I can, I can feel like I checked that box if I have the presence, but you don't have to put the time and energy into it. Yeah, I would argue that you want to be careful about that, mainly because, and you don't have to post 16 times a day. You could maybe on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter's its own beast. (laughs) Yeah. You could literally just post once a week, and it doesn't even have to be any content creation. It could be, hey, here's an article that I found interesting, and here's why. And you post that, right? Mm As because what we don't want to have is we don't want to have a we don't want to create a Facebook page where if people find it, the last post on it was 12 years ago, mm-hmm. three months ago. And if then you that look post, like, go ahead, mm-hmm. I'll let you finish. Because then you look like a dormant business. You look like, oh, maybe they've gone out of business, or you look like someone that's not serious about your business. What if you create a page and your one post is you know, welcome to our Facebook page. This is great. For more information, check out our website. And you just leave it at that. Still kind of looks like you haven't been there in three years because the post is going to have the date on it. But the post is saying we're not here. True. But that's not how people are going to interpret that. It's that old, right? So, and I'm not saying you have to be posting, post once a month. Mm -hmm. The last article you shared, you share an article on the third of every month. You don't really write anything. You just say, hey, I found this article interesting, right? And here's why. And you give a two-sentence reason, right? You post the article and you leave it at that. Then people code go there and they see, oh, you got a page. You update it. You post on it once a month. You're obviously still an active business. And it kind of, but it's not a big part of your engagement and strategy. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not going to judge how well a carpenter is on how often or how well they post their social media. In fact, if they're too good at social media, unless they're like a company that has like a marketing division or something, um, I'm going to question how much time they spend in actual carpentry. Right. (laughs) If it's much more than here's the cool projects that we've done. Here's another project that we finished. That's what I want to see. If I go to, if I got a carpenters, I want to see the projects they've done. I don't really need to see, you know, long explanations or videos of like, do it yourself home carpentry. No, I don't want to do it yourself. That's why (laughs) I want you to do it for me. Okay. Now we're going on the tangent of how to do social media without a ton of work. But yeah, yeah. separate conversation. So back to not non-social media marketing. What I was having a conversation with a launch member at office hours a couple of weeks ago. What do you think of the idea of going to places where potential referral partners might hang out? Because referral partners would be another avenue towards getting clients of making those connections. 
building, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. You just have to have a healthy expectation that it's not going to happen for a while, right? Uh, we had a launch member in, in an office hours that, uh, that, we, that I was having and this conversation, a different conversation, but this conversation of referral partners came up mm-hmm. and they said, yeah, I mean, I've been working so hard on referral partners and I've only gotten two referrals in the last six months, right? That's impressive. Why? That's what I told him. I said, that is amazing, right? You have to realize that, you know, building referral partners is a couple of years. So you're actually knocking it out of the park. And they were, I was, I was really excited when I got a referral from a referral partner after nine months. It's like, wow, nine months. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to realize that, yeah, you could absolutely go into the places where referral partners are, but you want to have a healthy expectation that this is a multi-year process and that you want to be comfortable with, you're going to invest into this and this relationship for six months, nine months, a year, two years, three years before you start to see traction with it. And as long as you go into it, knowing that expectation and being willing to invest for that period of time before you start to see returns off of it, um, then yeah, by all means, be with referral partners. We don't recommend in launch that referral partners or blogs or YouTube channels or other things that are extremely, extremely long builds, right? It's going to take a year or two before you even start to see any traction and then maybe some extra time after that before you start to see clients coming in from it, right? Um, And Gary Vaynerchuk, that's his belief. That's his statement as well, right? You're going to be doing this for two to three years. And the only people that are going to be seeing it are your mom and dad, right? And the, so, so while yes, you can totally do referral partners, just make sure that you're not spending an enormous amount of time in that focus on the things that are going to have faster returns, right? Um, which so would be the things like marketing channels, but just go, go hang out where your potential clients are. Yeah. That's much faster returns because what if it's hard to tell? Hard or, to tell. So, so let's go with my niche engaged couples. Yes. Where do engaged couples hang out? Oh, come on. You know that. Well, you get, you're the answer person because <laughs> so the, the argument being, okay, my niche is engaged couples. And they're just normal people. They go to the grocery store. They go, I mean, they go everywhere. So it's not like they're just hanging out at soccer games because their kids are there. I mean, maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Yeah, but they do hang out at bridal expos. They do. Right, right. And so one of the best things to do is just pretend like you're an engaged couple, right? If you have Facebook, change your... Facebook status to engaged, right? If and now you, I'm picturing doing that and seeing what kind of reaction I would get. Right, yeah, from everyone else. I, yeah. I've been married for 10 years. No, and I'm even kind better, of curious what reaction I would get. Change it to it's complicated and see what <laughs> reaction you get from people. No, because then people get stressed out and I, yeah. I'm too nice to stress people out. I want confusing but, people sounds fun, stressing them out sounds traumatizing. But if you <laughs> if you don't want to if you don't want to be on social media, then just do a search for wedding dresses and wedding mm-hmm. rings. Start to do the types of things that engaged couples do and then see 
what types of events are, are marketed to you. And for anyone else, same type of thing with your niche. Look for those events and then see if you can have a booth at those events. Bridal expos are huge. Everyone that's going there is an engaged couple, right? People who have been married for 30 years don't go to bridal expos <laughs> no. unless they're going with their son or daughter that just got engaged. <laughs> yeah, probably right? daughter, but sometimes. I feel like it's, a, yeah. if I remember right, it's like 85 to 90% women and like 10 to 15% men. But yeah, nobody's there unless they have an interest Some, in yeah, connection. wedding planning, essentially. Yeah. And so you go, you go to those events and again, you get a booth, right? And you, you, but Josh, you are, that costs money. Yes, it I'm does. I'm a financial coach. I don't spend money on things. You are not spending money. You are investing money. You need to stop thinking. And I'm not talking to you, Emily. I'm talking to everyone, right? <laughs> well, no, you are talking to me. We've had this conversation. A little bit. I, we have. Yes, we have had this conversation. <laughs> but you, you need to stop thinking about you are spending money on your business because you're not. You're in, you are investing just like you are investing in your 401k, right? We don't think of, when we think of cutting expenses, our retirement contributions are generally not the expenses we we think of cutting. Right? Typically, that's typically at the bottom of the list. Yeah. And the same thing with your business. Yes, you're going to spend money. And if you're going to have a proper Facebook strategy, you are also going, or social media strategy, you are also going to spend money. And it's really important that we view our business as we are investing in our business, right? And not view it as if I go to this bridal expo, it's going to cost me money, right? And let's say that you go to a bridal expo. Now I am talking specifically to right. you based on your niche, right? <laughs> but for everyone else, replace bridal expo with whatever else. Let's say you go to, uh, go to a bridal expo and you are there the entire time and you don't get a single client out of it. Then you wasted $800. You wasted $800 or <laughs> right. Because you talked to 83 people in your niche. So it cost you $800 to do a lot of market research on understanding your niche. Mm -hmm. You talked to 83 people in your niche. So it cost you $800 to practice 83 sales calls in a short period of time and be able to change things up regularly. Just like comedians go into small little venues and try little changes in their jokes to see how the audience reacts. You were able to do that very rapidly throughout the day of, ooh, I'm going to try this phrase for a couple of times and see how it works, right? You talk to 83 people in your niche and identified what are the things that they wanted to talk about the most so you could identify what should I be putting in my advertising, right? You talked to 83 people in your niche and saw how they reacted to your brochures so you can make modifications to your website. And by the way, you also talked to a few people that also service your niche and started to build referral relationships that might start to net a year or two years down the road, even if zero clients come out of it. And 
you invested very well into your business. <laughs> and a lot of events like that provide email lists as part of, so you have a pool of however many people signed up that could become potential clients in the future. Yep. If you want to go down the email marketing route, which is a whole separate podcast as well, I think, which is another non-social media, but also takes a lot of time is another thing that isn't similar to a blog, yeah. isn't going to pay off for probably a year at minimum, but that's a base of people who you could reach out to. So let's, yeah, let's definitely put a pin in that, but I want to say one thing, which is okay. we need to do a podcast on it. And I need to explain why don't do that. <laughs> okay. Don't just so, email everybody from a list blindly. Yeah. That will have very long-term negative impacts on your business far beyond that list. Probably having to do with the fact that nobody likes unsolicited sales emails. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other factors that come into play with it. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, if we go, if you go to an event and get an email list, what should I do with that list might be a worthwhile separate episode. All right. I'm jotting it down. Uh, one note that I was going to say earlier when we were talking about, it's not an $800 cost. It's an $800 investment. Um, plug for the um, interview that Josh did with coach Ryan Roy um, yeah. that will be going out on the podcast very shortly and was probably will have already gone out on the podcast by the time this podcast airs. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that was a big conversation about investing in your business. And he talks about how he invested over five figures into a single coach. And most of us go, oh my gosh, that's so much money. But yeah. It worked out very well for him. It did. And I, I, what you will find is the people that pinch their pennies the most tend to be the least successful. In Which is really hard because we are financial coaches and our job in some ways is to encourage people to pinch pennies in intentional and strategic ways and to not pinch pennies in intentional and strategic ways. And maybe this is one of those things that we should not be pinching pennies on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, one last thing that you want to think about with regards to, you know, do I need to be on social media is that you know, there was a time when social media did not exist. What? Right. Just <laughs> like there was a time when television didn't exist. What? And while we would very comfortably say nowadays that, well, you know, businesses were successful prior to television, so you don't need to be on television. Right. Biz and that, that, makes total sense to us. Businesses were also successful before social media. And so you don't need to be on social media. Can it help your business? Yes. If you do it correctly, can it be really powerful? Yes. Does it have a lot of strategic capabilities? If you go beyond the simple version of, I'm going to create a page and post on it and create a blog and that kind of stuff, right? If you actually have a complex strategy, can it be an incredibly powerful tool? Yes. Yeah but that doesn't mean that it has to be a tool in your business. The challenge that you have to figure out is if I don't have that tool, what else goes in my toolbox? Right? right. And that's just a matter of figuring out what are the tools that are right for you, that are comfortable for you, that makes sense for you. And then 
moving forward from there. Okay, we just had a question come in. Oh, okay. So you meet ideal clients in a setting, so at a bridal expo or at a, um, you know, school, at a PTA meeting, whatever. What do you do from there? You had a conversation. Do you have business cards? Do you try and get an email address? You had a conversation. How do you continue that? So that really, that's going to come down to what the rest of your marketing ecosystem looks like, right? Uh, in Crash Course, we talk a little bit about the marketing ecosystem, or at least from the perspective of understanding what that means. Um, and then it can launched. you? Here's your here's your challenge. Can you give? I know this is one of Stephen's favorite questions. Can you give a thirty second overview of sure. a marketing ecosystem? So, marketing ecosystem is any individual marketing tool is worthless by itself. You have to have an ecosystem of tools that work together in a, in very strategic ways that support each other and lead from one thing to the next, ultimately leading to the sale. Right. So that that's. A quick version of that idea of a marketing ecosystem. Um, and so the the question, it really comes down to what is your marketing ecosystem, right? What are the next steps after that first conversation? And it's not going to be standard for everyone. What I will say is it's, I, I think everyone should have business cards and it has nothing to do with giving out business cards, because literally what you do when you give a person a business card is you tell them, hey, I've got this trash here. Would you mind throwing it away for me? Right. right. That, that's effectively what you're doing. <laughs> the, the purpose of a business card is if they have a business card, they'll be more likely to give you theirs. And now you've got their information. Right. So it's more and it gives you more professionalism. Right? Yeah. I was just going to say that when I I still do teach private music lessons. And when I made business cards, I'd been teaching for five, six years. And I felt so fancy when someone's like, oh, you teach lessons, right? You know, do you have I'm like, oh yeah, let me hand you a business card. It feels very fancy if you're not used to doing that. Yeah. And it increases. Your and they're cheap. Yeah. They're, they're cheap. Really... Let's say that your next step was a, you have a PDF that you give them in exchange for an email, right? I would have a poster with a QR code on it at my booth. Mm -hmm. And if I had a really good conversation with someone, I would say, Hey, by the way, I have this PDF kind of describe it. And then say, you know, that QR code right there, uh, will pull it up on your phone so that you can, um, you can get it right. Uh, you know, if the next step in your process is scheduling a call, right. I'm not saying that's right, but yeah. Try to yeah. schedule the calls, right? Actually have, you know, maybe your QR code goes to your calendar, <laughs> right? For them to schedule. Um, if the next step is for um, you to, you know, if you're trying to get them on your email list, right? Ask them, hey, would you like to get on my email list? Here's the benefit of it. You know, kind of figure out what the next step is in your ecosystem and be focused on, you had a great conversation, let's move to that next step. It's possible, but it's unlikely that the next step is a sales call. And the reason why is because ecos marketing ecosystems should be pretty complex with multiple steps. And since only one of those multiple steps is a sales call, 
then just mathematically, one of the other steps are more likely to be the next step, right? right. So that's just a math thing. Um, but the, you know, you want to, you want to figure out what is that next step. And there's lots of different options, but we don't want to just say, oh, that's a good idea. I'll make that the next step. You want to think more strategically about what is the entirety of this journey look like, right? And then from there, what is that next step so that I know what specifically to do at that event? Right. Right. And if you are meeting somebody completely organically, like you don't have a booth, it's not a super formal setting, so you can't have a poster, do you put a QR code on your business card? That could be that could be a possibility. Right? If, if that's your next step, obviously. If that's your next Again, step, it's yeah. you have a first conversation with somebody, what's the next step? And then what are the situations in which I could be meeting these people? And how can I make that next step easy to access in a variety of situations? Yeah. yeah. And you may have four or five tools to do that. Yeah. Did the person have a follow-up question to that? I don't see. Well, secondary question that kind of ties in when you go to where your clients are, are you just handing out business cards or are you trying to have individual conversations? So, yeah, that is a whole thing of trade show um, and event marketing. So that that I I took a phrase out when you go to where your clients are, such as a park. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like park setting versus like trade show, people are expecting business cards, I feel like to a certain extent. Other places people might not be. Yeah, it's it's hard to go to a location that your clients are just at and you're just at too, right? Yeah. Um, You know, if you have kids, for example, my, my son is in a, in private school. And so we see lots of other people. Some of them are in my niche, right? And so I am, you know, it is an opportunity to market to those people. And the way that I market to them is I build a relationship with them as the father of a child at the same school as their child. And we just have conversations and when random conversation, I don't try to steer the conversations, but when random conversations come up where I identify, oh, what I do you do? Help them, right? Or they ask me, what do I do? Or where I might be able to help them, I'll just mention something, right? You know, do you say it sure outright as I help people with that, or do you go about it in a more roundabout way of, oh, it, I was I was talking to a client about this the other day, and here's what we came up with. I would even do it less direct. Right. Because okay. most of the people I built a relationship with them and they already we already know what each other do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we're, we're thinking about selling our house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I say, well, you know, as you're working on this, make sure that you gather receipts from anything that you've done to the house since the time you bought it to try to minimize any potential taxes that you get. Mm. Um you know, you can talk to your CPA about that. If you have any questions, obviously ask me about it as well. But, you know, that's something that you don't More want just to last minute or forget. Offer to. the advice. And offer the advice. Yeah. Right. That's what you do when you're talking to a friend and your friend says, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out about this. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I know something that will help you. 
Exactly. And that, that is my strategy. Right. (laughs) And, you know, over time they may become a client, they may refer someone else, or I may just have a friend who I'm going to see regularly anyway, because our kids are in school together. And one of those three outcomes is fine. Right. If you are at, so my recommendation is that's the strategy if you're just there, but if you have a booth, then yes, you're going to be talking with people. You're going to be handing out cards because you're there officially. And you would have to assume that unless you have a pop-up tent and a table and it's just you sitting there, (laughs) right? I'm going to assume that anyone that walks up at least has a somewhat idea of the topic that you would be talking about. Mm -hmm. And that means that the person has given permission to you to, hey, talk to me about money, right? Not having a financial coaching session in that moment, right? But talk to me about money. And that becomes a big part of, um, you know, there's a big difference between are you just there or are you there officially? Yeah. And that should impact your strategy. Yes. If you're just there, be there, right? Don't, don't. Mm -hmm don't be pushing a sale while you're supposed to be watching your kids play soccer. Yeah. If it comes up naturally and organically, have a conversation, but. And if it doesn't, then. Next time. There's always next week. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right. I think that wraps it up. Perfect. Well, see you in a week. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.